Hello, you're listening to Sisters by Design podcast. This is Lady O, and today I have a special guest who is going to be taking us on a journey. Um, when she decided to visit Ohio, what she discovered there, and what transpired that really feeds into our state of awareness that we're going on in society right now. So Kimberly, tell us about what you discovered and why it was so important to you. Thank you. Um, It was important. I never knew that it was going to come to this. Actually, me and my riding park buddy (laughs) were on our way back and heading to the expressway. We were in Cincinnati where we were able to meet our families, be with our families for that weekend. So as we were journeying down the street, I happened to look over at this cemetery and I got really emotional. And I was like, oh my God, I think that's where my grandmother um, was buried at. Now mind you, and I got emotional. So my friend, she said, you want us to go back. You want me to turn back. And I was like, no, no, I'm gonna be all right. She said, do you want me to turn around? And I was like, okay, okay. So as I'm trembling and crying, she turns around, we go, turns into, and turn it to the driveway. Um, there was an office there. I got out, went in, asked the ladies, gave them my grandmother's name, and they said that she wasn't there. And I stated, I said, I could just believe, I said I was about nine or 10 years old. I'm 60 now, but I was about nine when I went there. I didn't go to the normal grave site after the funeral. I didn't even go to the funeral. Because my mom just thought I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't have to experience that. So I said, but this looked just like it. And so they did an extra, they went an extra mile. I really appreciate it. And they said, there's there's another cemetery that's like maybe three minutes away. And it's called Union Baptist Cemetery. So she gave me the address, gave me the number. And so I got in the car, still breathing kind of crazy. And gave the address to my buddy. So we end up going there. I started really getting chills then and you could just look at the difference in the different cemeteries that we went to. So as we drive in, there's no office, no nothing stating that you can, you know, somewhere where you can go to get referred to where where the plot might be. So as we're going in, I Google and I Google up Union Baptist Church Come to find out that this church has been there for over 155 years. Also to find out, as we walking through, I'm looking at, my mom was telling me about how the, the plots and the statues were vandalized and, and knocked over and how they were trying to raise some money to, uh, you know, get it beautified and re, you know, get it, get it back to where it used to be. Now, when I got to reading more, I told my friend, I said, I cannot believe this. These people were buried here, it said by 1864. And in this 15-acre cemetery, back then, that was the only cemetery that, that black people could bury their loved ones. There are big cemeteries in Cincinnati, Ohio. One famous one is Spring Spring. 
Spring Grove Cemeteries, humongous. And there's other ones, but this one was the only one where you could bury your loved ones if you were black. In that cemetery, over, 90, over the first 90 years, they said from 1864, Civil War veterans, former slaves, and civil rights activists lived there. This is where they were buried there. And I'm going, oh my God, so I got out the car and I kind of remember that maybe her stone might have been near the walkway. Mind you, the driveway was one way. You drive in, you go around a circle, and you go right back out that same driveway. So she got out and we start walking. I was so overwhelmed by the, the time that the people were dying. I saw, I saw plots or what, what you call them, grave sites that said 1847, 18, eight, it was just like different, 1914. And you can see, and the place was not up kept at all. I didn't, I, it, it's, it's amazing that there's history there and it's just sitting there and I can see why it was vandalized. It's in the middle of a no, all white neighborhood. Well, let me ask you this. So while you were there, did you think about the fact that when you were younger, no one even said anything about it? No, his, was it in history? Was it even talked about? Amazing, no. Not at all. I didn't think about asking or pursuing because when, you know, not to knock anything, but when you have people who don't believe in going back or either the person that died said to make sure that you don't go back to, you know, you don't, you don't have to go and see me. And it's, so I never really thought about the only cemeteries I really knew about um, was Spring Grove Cemetery. And that was it. There was one on Vine Street as well, Vine Street Cemetery. But I'm thinking now all these different cemeteries that have old statues did not allow black people to be buried there. Wow. That's deep. It is. And to have these type of people at the cemetery, they actually were saying this one lady, her name is Jenny Porter. She was the first ever black person to receive a PhD from the University of Cincinnati and a medal, a medal of honor recipient, Pahatha Petey, is also there. They said that the headstones were tripped and toppled over with graffiti in 2019. Wow. That was just last year. So what ha my thing is what happened? What happened? Union Baptist was known as one of the prestigious black churches, which I could really go into some history even in that. The same way that we have color struggles within our own race. Um, for some reason, Union Baptist was like that. Knowing that Union Baptist was very instrumental and of helping of freeing of slaves. Um, so I found that interesting as well. And I don't know, whatever that trend, I think the pastor had died. And I don't know what they're doing with that cemetery. 
it's just sad. Well, let me ask you this. What I think is really interesting is the fact that this cemetery that catered primarily to African Americans is now in a lowest income white neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that's possibly why that they haven't done anything about it or they didn't even want to see it upkept even though it's bringing down their property value? I think that's an interesting question because I would think because I would think that knowing the history that Union ba Baptist Cemetery has, it shouldn't take the fear of going into a predominantly white neighborhood to preserve something that is ours. Because just to know that slaves are buried there, just to know that people who, black men who fought in the Civil War, veterans, because you couldn't even go to Spring, the Spring Grove Cemetery, that's where they bury veterans now. Mm -hmm. So veterans couldn't even, who fought in the war, couldn't even be buried at Spring Grove Cemetery. They had to go to Union Baptist Cemetery. So, I mean, the whole name of it, Union Baptist. My thing is why haven't churches gotten together? Why haven't, and not just black churches, because it's history. And that history, what I saw, brought me to tears. I'm sure it did. And I'm sure that other families, if they even knew, um, or either, because I know other people in Cincinnati have never heard of the cemetery, didn't know it existed, didn't know the history of it. So I see, you know, definitely with the racial divide, but it's also about information it's about sharing it and i know that you did do a video to share it with other people um that experience so i'm sure that when you left you left with a he i'm sure you had a heavy heart but you know hopeful that maybe somebody that was listening to your video possibly um could take action or talk to someone about it. Well, that's interesting that you said that because when I looked at um, the live that I did um, do, uh, actually had one person to share, I'm not sure who that was, but the comments that came from it is that one, one person literally said that they have relatives up there. Another one said they're uh, like, I remember when it was always Union Baptist. Another one says that they didn't even know that it was there. Uh, this one comment said, I never knew this. Another one said, girl, I didn't know. So it's so many people that actually said that they didn't even know it who lives in Cincinnati, Ohio. So I'm thinking that maybe that this will start something. I mean, I keep posting it periodically on my Facebook page because, and I, you know, my grandmother's there. So I, this is going to be something that 
I really want to see it through, want to see what the next phase of that is because right now that's a little bit personal for me. So it was weird because after we left, something else happened. Okay. I'm sure after that history lesson and after the <laughs> way that you felt, um, I'm sure you had a lot of anger and disappointment. So tell us about the rest of your journey. And that's true. And, and so as we were pulling out, I, I, I don't even know if I talked or anything, but we were going to this one place um, that's only in Cincinnati, Ohio, it's called United Dairy Farm. So as we go down, my buddy, my road person, my, the Thelma, I guess I'm Louise, I don't know which one to have her. Um, she goes into UDF and I'm sitting out in the car. And, you know, for a few minutes, I'm looking at my phone and then the next thing I know, I see her going up to the cashier. Then the next thing I see is this white man pointing his finger and I couldn't hear what he was saying because my wind was up, but I could see him pointing his finger and his face looking so angry. I mean, it's angry. So I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, my buddy in there. Then I see this other young white guy arguing back with the with the angry white man. So there's two angry white people in this establishment. So I jump out the car and I say, I call out to my friend and ask her, are you all right? And she looked at me and nodded her head. Now while I'm asking that, they still going at it. And, the old, and this older white man started walking toward his car. And I walked to my car after she said, after she said she was okay. He's still going on cussing. I mean, just, just mad, mad, evil, just mad. As he gets in the car and I get, it, I get in the car, I say, why are you so mad? And he, got, he kept going on, blah, blah, blah. He kept going on and on and on. Alani, the next thing I said to him was, I'm gonna pray for you. As I said that, this other, one of the workers who was a young black man, young black, young, black guy came out, young man who worked at UDF. He comes out and he was just saying, man, I just want you out of my store. You know, this and he cusses at him, tells him the F get away. You don't, you know, I don't give a F about that. Go on and call the police. He going on and on and on. I said, but he's only doing his job. I'm going to pray for you. The man gets in his car. He opens back up because I say something to the young man. I said, you know, you're going in there or something. He gets back out and he says to the young man, I'm sorry. You were only doing your job. And I'm sorry, I'm having a bad day. He got back in the car and he drove off. My thing is, I could have done two things, three things. First reaction, get my phone out and record it, because that's the normal. Second thing is to get out when I got out, heard him going off on that young man and be the rebel with a cause that people have told me that I am and would have, you know, jumped to that young man's defense in a loud way as, as well. And the third one was what the first one what I was thinking was, I'm going to pray for you. Now, that's interesting 
really that you decided to do that because especially in this um, current mm -hmm. issue with racial disparities and tension I would think that being in that particular neighborhood and there were no other African Americans around that um, it was really taking a chance so I commend you that you wanted to pray for the man and to ask him why are you so angry because a lot of people wouldn't have taken that opportunity they, they wouldn't have cared but you know it's just really notable that right now people aren't taking the time to talk to each other or to listen or to even consider maybe this person's just having a bad day yeah i mean and they want to take it out on everybody else but at least you cared and that just shows your heart because you wanted to pray yeah i think and i didn't the one thing i guess my street sense kicked in as well because when he got back out the car my first thing was to look to make sure he had nothing in his hands because we were close to, you know we our cars were next to one another but then for him to get out and for him to apologize to that young man and I, you know what, and I knew where, I mean, at that time, I didn't really think about, there's no backup around me. I'm just, I'm winging it. Um, I didn't even think about that until you just said it. I know that we always pray for, Lord, protect me from see, seen and unseen dangers. That's true. And then we always say that. I always pray that, Lord, protect me from seen and unseen dangers. So the preparation of that was the covering that God gave me doing that. And also the boldness to do that. Because I could have just stood in my, stayed in the car and videotaped it. That's true. But you took the upper hand. You were the better person. Whereas a lot of times I think um, some people just don't want to step in and help. They feel like, well, I'm just going to stay out of it because it's not my situation. It's not my business. But, you know, you took a stand um, and to help him, not only to see what was wrong. So what would you say is if someone else was in a situation like that, but especially what's going on now, what is it that you would suggest? You know, like this is Sisters by Design. We're all out here in this struggle, all women of all ethnicities and races, that anything could happen. What would you say if that happened again or if that happened to somebody else? What would you suggest? Um, <clears throat> first of all, excuse me, I think we have to be knowledgeable enough, and me saying that is that um, when you see, okay, there's a show out that's called What Would You Do? And you know the little phrase that people used to always say, what would Jesus do? Mm -hmm. Okay, so in that, in line with your question, and if you see that 
what would you do is what my mind goes. I want to be a person that can diffuse a situation, a diffuser. So if that's my mindset, then everything I look at is going to try. Now, a lot, now it could, that could have went a whole nother way. He could have cussed me out, told me, because I'm a black woman. He was a white man. We're in this black and white situation right now. And he could have cussed me out, but he didn't. So I can't say like what I did that somebody should do that too, because you don't know what the situation may be. I think because of my boldness, I am bold. And a lot of times I do have to, I, I'm, I'm working on it. But I think the main key thing is to always stay prayerful. When you wake up in the morning, pray. During the day, pray. Here I want a lengthy, Father God, da -da 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 -da, about a 15 minute, this, you know, just talk to him. And I think for me, if I see something like that going on again, I, well, in fact, I know I would do it because I've seen that it worked. Diffusing the situation, being the better person. Now, you can't always go to that because they might get up in your face as well. So I thank God for that protection because I don't know what I would have done if, they had got up, if he had got up in my face because I didn't have no backup. I didn't have no brothers, no black brothers and sisters. I didn't have that. And I was in the lowest income neighborhood of white, of white people that I could possibly be in is where I was at. And a whole lot of stuff could have went off, but it didn't. And that's true. And one thing that you've said before that sometimes you don't have a chance to sit down and gather your thoughts and decide what you're going to do with. Sometimes you have to just like off the top of your head go by what the spirit tells you. Right. 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 I think, uh, yeah, I think that's, but now if we have to look at it as everything ain't spiritual, okay? We always want to put, oh, we just going to do this. And like my saying, like my question was, pray. Well, yeah, that's a given. But for a lot of people, it's not a given. So when you look at it like that as well, um, okay, what do I do if I don't pray? It's kind of hard to think that way. But if I didn't pray and this, that situation would have happened, I probably would have been the one to get out the car hollering and screaming at the white man. I know I would have. So that's the difference. And with me being so heated and passionately hurt, I mean, I'm hurting about what's going on today, you know, that I'm sensitive, very sensitive to the hurts and the outcries of my people. And I understand. Well, I thank you for taking this time to share not only the history of a place that only catered to anybody of color, specifically just African-Americans, 
but just showing that there's always another way. So I appreciate your time and just want to remind you that you are listening to Sisters by Design. Tune in and take a listen to the other stories. We're all sisters in the struggle, as I say, and we're designed the same way, even though we may look differently or act differently. Be blessed.